Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. It's always great for more parents to hear these stories and get the information. All right, thank you, and on with the show. One of the things we know here at Kindling is how important music is in the lives of our little ones. As parents-to-be, we're told to play Mozart to our babies whilst still in utero if we want them to be good at maths. Or perhaps it's Led Zeppelin if you want to develop their creativity. But what about once they're out and about in the world? What role does music play then? Sophie Maxwell from Musical Adventures believes that music isn't just a great teaching tool, but it's an awesome and easy way for kids to socialise. She joins us on the line from Melbourne. Hi, Sophie. How are you? Oh, I'm really well, thanks, Siobhan. Thanks so much for having me on today. It's a pleasure. Now, I've heard of music classes for children before they go to school and then as they move through school. But what made you want to include kids right from birth? Oh, fantastic question. Um, So I have been a Suzuki violin viola teacher for about 13 years. And I was given a student who the family really wanted them to play viola. And then I realized the child was only just two years old. And I thought, okay, no, I can do this. I've got my Suzuki (laughs) teacher training. You know, we're we're trained how to work with children very, very young. Um, And while it was a successful experience, I thought, oh, my goodness, there has to be an easier way to do this because we know that music has an amazing impact on brain development, communication skills, emotion regulation, social skills, fine motor control. The list goes on and on and on. And we know that the earlier we start them, the greater impact we have on the brain because we're capitalising on this period of brain development when it's just like fireworks. Um, As parents, you can see those extraordinary changes in your little one week to week. And so we're just sort of piggybacking on all of that with music education. And it just so happened that I was at a Suzuki festival one year and stumbled across a baby toddler class. And I walked in really sceptical because there was this six-week-old baby in the class. And I thought, what can they possibly do at six weeks? And then the teacher came over and said it's never too young to start and helped the baby to play a drum. And as soon as the sound started, the baby went pink from pleasure from head to toe. And for me, it was one of those galvanizing moments in life where I suddenly had to think differently about the way I approached music education. And I suddenly realized how incredibly capable these tiny people are. Sorry. I just want to go back to your um, yeah. the experience with the viola player and how you said, oh, it's got to be easier. We've got to start yeah. earlier. What's, <laughs> what's the connection between, you know, putting something like a tambourine in the hand of a newborn and shaking their hand around and then learning to play a stringed instrument? Sure. So in the musical adventures classes, we are teaching them the fundamentals of music so rhythm, beat, pitch, whether the sound's high or low, uh, as well as using music as an opportunity to teach social skills and also to teach really important skills like sitting and listening and when can we run around and all of those sorts of important things for getting them 
learning ready, school ready, ready to learn an instrument. Um, a big part of teaching small children a stringed instrument is helping them to be able to focus and be calm in the lesson. Um, so that was one of the major things that I was thinking about when I was thinking, good, is it, there has to be an easier way because one-on-one -on -one lessons with a two-year-old um, takes quite a lot of mental gymnastics on the I part of the teacher. <laughs> I can imagine. So when you talk about babies in the classes, um, what does a baby's class look like and, and what are you hoping they're getting out of it? Because at, the, at that time, point they're not running around they wouldn't have fine motor skills what do you yeah, see absolutely. is happening in that that situation oh so much so let's say we're talking about a six-month-old bub so they're there with mum or dad and um, mum or dad are singing all the songs doing all the actions being that role model student baby is watching mum or dad and just soaking it all up as we know babies just want to do what the big people do and that's one of the reasons why we have a wider age group in the classes. They call it the family grouping. So Pioneers classes is zero to three years and then Explorers is two and a half to five. And that's so that our six-month-old baby can see the older students, the toddlers, doing the activities. And it really sort of pulls them along. And it's amazing watching them, how they sort of hero worship these toddlers. And then they really want to do it as well. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Sophie Maxwell from Musical Adventures in Melbourne, and we're talking about the benefits of uh, introducing your little one to music very early on, even from babyhood. And Sophie was just talking about how the little ones can, the babies can look at the older kids and start to learn a bit more like that. Um, if we can take a step back to um, how you were mentioning that you're a, you have used the Suzuki method in your teaching before. Can you just explain what that is and how it works? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's an educational philosophy. There was a gentleman um, from Japan um, who really wanted to use music as a tool to help children to be happy, sensitive, high-achieving people. He saw children learning Japanese to a very high standard, regardless of any extra learning difficulties they, they may be having, and um, really sort of realised through this observation that uh, every child can, as long as we provide them with the right encouragement, the right environment, um, and of course that essential chemistry between teacher and student. So your teachers, when they're teaching babies, um, how do they go? I mean, do you try to have teachers that have that had that interaction with babies or have children themselves? Really good question. Um, I guess it comes back to the root of what do we want in our teachers? And that can be applied to any subject, really. We want them to have uh, perhaps a university degree in that subject. We want them to have further specific teacher training. Um, for me, when I'm looking at finding new teachers to work with or new teachers in training, I really want to see that they love music and they love working with children and they really believe that every child can achieve. When my kids were this young, I distinctly remember my daughter at six months of age. I think I must have taken her to something like Jimbaroo or, you know, there were... Or, or maybe even swimming classes or something like that. And there can be a bit of a tendency for 
parents to be bombarded with things they should do when their babies are still small. What would you say to those parents who are like, oh, God, you know, they're not even at primary school now and do I have to do music and blah and blah? <laughs> what's, what's your argument for choosing um, this kind of learning over the others? Sure. Look, I think there's a place for all of them, absolutely. And it depends on finding the right fit for your family. I'm a strong believer in music education because I've seen what it can do for children and what's more, I've seen what it can do for parents. There's some really interesting research coming out of University College in London, which is showing that women who take part in group singing lessons for their babies experience a much faster improvement in their postnatal depression symptoms. So I think it's important to think about the whole family rather than just the child as well. Um, we know that music has a, an extraordinary impact on all areas of the brain. Um, it's quite interesting. You can actually look at a picture of a brain and know if they are a musician or not because the corpus callosum, which is the area that links the two hemispheres of the brain, is significantly increased in musicians and particularly musicians who started their music classes before the age of seven. So it's quite remarkable that these music classes are actually changing the structure of the brain. I think that's a good argument. Look, Sophie, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I could talk about it all day. So thanks so much for having me on. No problem. (laughs) Thanks, Sophie. That was Sophie Maxwell from Musical Adventures based in Melbourne and we'll pop a link up to their website at kindling.com.au. Get your child off screens and into their imagination as we explore how bubbles are made. What's in a sneeze? Achoo! And what's with the weather today? Professor Know-It-All knows. Hello, beanies. Hello. The The Beanies. A podcast just for kids. Subscribe now on iTunes or listen anytime on the Kindling app.